Hello, friends. Welcome to the first episode of the Shonen Dump Podcast, a brand new podcast with your favorite GME co-host, Tom Pandich. Uh, who's with me today? Greg Hopkins. Oh, okay. Wonderful. My roommate Greg is here, and we're going to be talking about some stuff. Now, let me explain the format of the show for you. We start by discussing a topic unrelated to a bad anime, and then we review a bad anime, give our thoughts on it. So what I'm trying to do is let the co-hosts bring the topic that they want to talk about. So, Greg, what have you brought for us today? Oh, I was supposed to pick the topic? Yeah, I... Oh. Let's let's talk about football. Okay. Let's talk about football, Tom. Well, I figured that you wanted to talk about football, so we kind of decided on this topic. In the future, you will be able to pick the topic. Yes. All right, so um, the division round of the playoffs was this past weekend. So we have uh, the conference finals. We do. Uh, the divisional round was really entertaining. At least Sunday's games were entertaining. Uh, Three of the four games were entertaining. Let's not talk about the Titans-Patriots game. Not e- even even the Eagles-Falcons game really wasn't. It was a 15-10 game. It was more of a mm-hmm. defensive game. A lot of screw-ups on the Atlanta side. They really gave that game up. Philadelphia's defense is, is really stout, though. Like They, they mm-hmm. can seriously hold up anybody. It's just with losing uh, Carson Wentz and having Nick Foles as your quarterback right now, your offense has gone from scoring 35 points a game to Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Atlanta seemed like a really flawed team this year. I mean, I remember hearing something around the lines of, Julio Jones, the main wide receiver for Atlanta, you'd say, yeah. was like one for 15 in the end zone for catches. He was, and he should have had more than 15 targets in the end zone anyway. He had three touchdowns on the year altogether. A lot of people were blaming the offensive coordinator on this one. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. One of the things they, uh, some of the analysts pointed out after the uh, Philly game is if you look at the timing of the passes there, Julio was doing like a double clutch when he was going for the ball because they, they ran that. The, the last play of the game was through Julio's hands in the end zone. Yeah, yeah. But they ran that play on the first down and fourth down, and uh, both times he met, uh, Ryan was coming out of shotgun, and he kind of double clutched for the ball, so the timing seemed off, and he was reaching up too early mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. pass. I mean, Julio's always been a, an outstanding receiver. He doesn't drop or miss many balls but it's this year just the whole falcon falcon something was missing yeah i mean credit to them for making it to the playoffs because usually the team that loses the super bowl doesn't even make it to the playoffs a year after that's true but they won a game in the playoffs some would say that they should have won this game I, I really thought they were going to, especially after the uh, shellopping they put on uh, Los Angeles Rams the weekend before. Yeah, like they, yeah. They looked like a, a different team from what they had been all season. Mm-hmm. And, but, I mean, everybody was giving, not really giving the Eagles any credit. And, I mean, they had to buy week two, so they were coming in fresh. And yeah, and definitely. Had, and the Eagles had a very good defense, a very comprehensive yeah. offense. Yeah. It's just that their quarterback went out. And one of the cool things their defense does is they rotate a bunch of linemen and defensive ends out, so everybody's always, always fresh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you have, like, first and second down specialists, and you have, like, your third and fourth down specialists, but guys are only playing, like, two snaps and rotating out. So their defense is always good that way. Like, yeah, that yeah. Carry them. And their, their running game's pretty solid. you got, like, Eric Blunt and Jay Ajayi. So we'll see where they go against the Vikings. Uh, they're playing them this week. That's going to be a really tough challenge. That will definitely be a tough challenge. Before we get to the Sunday games, let's talk a little bit about the 
the Patriots-Titans game. Uh, Titans seemed like they were going to make it interesting to start out, but then just got blown out. Yeah, they, they had the first drive where they, they went down and scored a touchdown. They even stopped the Patriots on their first uh, drive from, you know, not even traveling more than 30 yards down the field. And, Tennessee has a, a mediocre defense. Uh, you know, a team we'll talk about later is Jacksonville, but they seem like they're a Jacksonville light with a more mobile quarterback. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, they just they don't have the big names on defense like Jacksonville has. But the the build is is the same as far as what they want to do. They want to you know defensive football, run the ball. They had two really good running backs until uh, Demarco Murray just got hurt in the last game of the season. Yeah, yeah. So that that kind of threw a little bit of uh, you know a hiccup in their plan, but. And then their their coach ended up not renewing his contract. Well, they they split mutually. Is what with the, yeah, the okay, mutual split over uh, a difference of how they see the um, the team going. And one of the things I got out of that is Tennessee from like their games remarks was they liked the team they had and they want to try with their players. To where the coach didn't like a lot of the players. Uh-huh, and was like, we uh-huh. need to keep on going here. And really question Mariota as his future quarterback, which I can't blame him fully. Uh, you know, after the game, they were talking Mariota like spray, uh, strain his hamstring or something like that. And after the first quarter, he couldn't really play a good ball. But they, they were lucky to get out of Kansas City the way they did. Yeah, yeah, Kansas City. I mean, that game was just a disaster. The, I mean, you soft, got a team pass for the touchdown. Oh, that was beautiful. I remember both of us watching that and just losing our minds when that happened. The Titans were the only team in the playoffs this year with a negative point differential, which is that during the season they had more points scored against them than they had actually scored, which usually that's a method for... You know, a team not being very good and having a losing record. The Titans had a positive record, enough to get into the playoffs yeah. with some help. Well, they, and they made a stand there last week. They, you know, they were in a spot for the wild card. And if you beat Jacksonville last week of the season, you get in. And they, they came to play that day to where Jacksonville looked like shit. Let's save the Vikings game for last because I think that's the most interesting. Jacksonville-Pittsburgh, that was a hell of a shootout. Yeah, and it was a lot different from the, it was week Four meeting they had where uh, you know Big Ben throwing five interceptions and that was really just a, a defensive game and yeah uh, I mean it was stats. a blowout yeah. definitely and, but and, like, Fournette had a ninety yard uh, touchdown run with like a minute and a half to go in that first yeah game. that's definitely it was closer than it looked but not that much closer yeah. all right let me paint a scenario for you I give you five touchdown passes by your quarterback are you winning that game you you should yes. Yes. So, and some of those touchdown passes by Ben Roethlisberg were really like, I, like incredible passes I, because I, they, there they were three blue. touchdowns on fourth down. Yeah, yeah. But then there were three fourth downs where they didn't even convert fourth down either. They were up and down. And the problem, with, I mean, with them in that game is like he had those miraculous plays, but he threw fifty-three times, only completed forty-nine percent of his passes. Mm-hmm. And those in-between passes, Jackson will give up like three or four yards in a pass every time because Roethlisberger, with like, he threw some 40-yard touchdown passes, so only averaged eight yards a pass. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So he was dinking and dunking a lot, and Jackson will give that up. And, you know, they gave up some big plays, which scares me a little bit, especially against New England. But Yeah, yeah. I don't think Brady's going to have the time that Roethlisberger did, and he's not as good as a mobile Roethlisberger. But Defense made some plays again this game. Yeah, um, they, they, they had, had two touchdowns. One, one touchdown off of the uh, fumble. fumble. Okay. And they had an interception as well, which... Yeah, which is big. So, yeah. I mean, the defense uh, showed up, you know, they... 
I mean, I don't know if you can really say the defense showed up when they let out 35 points. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been worse, though. Because, I mean, you, you figure, I mean, Big Ben still had 400-plus yards. There's yeah, a lot of yeah. yards scored, but not, you know, there's a lot of points scored, too. I, I'm just happy Bortles showed yeah. up. Yeah. Um, good Bortles. And, if you're one of the many people who listen to this podcast, hopefully, 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 that do not know us personally, we both live in the suburbs of Jacksonville, Florida, so it's been an interesting season seeing the Jaguars, who are usually a dreadful team, turn it around and make it to the AFC Championship game where they don't have a whole lot of a shot against the Patriots, according to most experts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but even just the, the national media attention for the team this season is nice because in, in years past it's been more of them being the butt of the joke. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, uh, having two to three wins a season, and then you know this time, I mean, half, halfway through the season there were conversations on is Blake Bortles an actual confident quarterback? And I could have told everybody no to begin with. I would still say Blake Bortles is not a confident we've, quarterback. We've had the privilege of watching him play for what four seasons now. But, yeah, you know, just, just but for. The sports media to be able to talk about Jacksonville in that way for once, you know, uh-huh, it's just, uh-huh. it, to me that's awesome. That's yes, it's definitely positive. Did you see Jacksonville's tweet that was unbelievable? Basically, you told me about it, a Pittsburgh player, I don't remember who, said on the game against the Patriots that we can beat them in hell, we can beat them in Haiti, and we damn sure can beat them in Foxborough. And the Jacksonville Jaguars Twitter account quote tweeted that and said, oh, you can also beat them in Madden this year when you're sitting at home. Yeah, yeah there was there was that narrative that the, the Steelers were overlooking Jacksonville the whole time. That does seem to be the case. And, yeah, yeah. Know, Jacksonville showed for, up. It was for a professional team to... It's definitely a good season for the Jaguars. Oh, I mean, just making the playoffs is a good season, but being in the AFC Championship game, and hell, who knows? Because the AFC South could be very scary next year, so I mean, it, it, our defense will still be solid going next year, but it, yeah. it's, you know, this is this could be a you know a short window of opportunity to. Cause, I mean, I, I think Houston's gonna be a, a dominant team next year, depending on where Andrew Luck is. I mean, the South could be very hard again. Yeah, yeah. And you also, even though they weren't, I don't think anybody would consider the Titans a good team, but they made the playoffs yeah, and yeah. may advance in the playoffs. And, and they've been nine and seven the past two years. I mean, they're, they're, they've had a winning record the past two years. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. They have talent. I'm sure they're, we're going to get more. Okay, let's talk about the Viking Saints a little bit. Okay, let's talk about the Saints first. Okay. So the Saints come out of the uh, NFC South, which. Brought three teams. This yeah, year. Atlanta, uh, Carolina, and the Saints. Everybody except your team. Yep, everybody except Tampa. Which I, I can't talk crap because... <laughs> because as a Dallas fan, your boys were rough. sitting at home yes, too. There was a, a tweet yesterday about Jacksonville having more playoff wins <laughs> in two weeks than Dallas in 20 years. Yeah, that's so, okay. Yeah. But no, man, that was, just, that was cool. Um, and... Carolina looked, you know, good. Even though they lost uh, New Orleans in Week One, they still looked solid, solid team. Yeah, the yeah. South was, you know, three good teams came out of them. Three good teams came out of them, and none of them are playing now. Yeah. 
But, because uh, one of them probably should be playing. New Orleans should be playing. New Orleans should be playing, but... Uh, Okay, so you're familiar with Case Keenum's story, right? He's the quarterback of the Vikings. Yes, he, he the third-string quarterback of the Vikings. Had a rough time in Cleveland, rough time in L.A. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Great to, player in college. Due to Mr. Glass, uh, knee getting hurt again. Yep, yep. He got the opportunity. And, yep. And, you know, he he's well-traveled. And, and one of the things he did is he showed up this time, and he was... He's been showing up all season, I he mean... I think part of it's the coaching there because Bradford looked really good last year. Bradford always had the... I mean, Bradford was one of those quarterbacks who... The knock against him wasn't that he wasn't good. It's just that he's a very fragile quarterback. Torn every ACL in his body. Yeah, basically. (laughs) But, I mean, the the system they have in place there because, I mean, Bradford last season was the most... uh, had the highest rating, highest rated QBR of any uh, quarterback last season. So, they have a... And then with Thielen and Diggs and then... uh, Yeah. Well, Thielen was also a walk-on and he... I mean, I had Thielen in fantasy this year, um, which... Outside of a few that slumped towards the end, he was... Yeah, he was money and fantasy. So, yeah. So, I mean, Keenum's in a good place and, I mean... The, the the shitty thing is like the coach. I don't know if this is just the coach, like being the coach still. Like he keeps him on edge, and he's always like, "Well, you never know where to put this guy at number two this week, or I haven't committed to a starter still." And it's been he a really got you to the season. fucking NFC Championship game. I, I mean, I, I I look at it a little bit as maybe he's just still using his motivation for Keenum because that's what motivates Keenum. I mean, Keenum definitely it. has a chip on his shoulder yeah. about but, it. I but mean, he has to know it's his job by now too. I, I mean, it has to be his job. I, I think higher ups in the Rams, would, I mean, and, and the Vikings would be, you know, crazy to sit there and let the coach actually take them out. Yeah, the yeah, definitely. And you can get good value for Bridgewater at this point. I mean, and Bradford. Well, yeah, maybe Bradford. Maybe Bradford. They paid a lot for Bradford. Yes, but yeah, Case Keenum is a starting quarterback in the NFL from this day forward. And if the Vikings cut him That's or tra- trade him. That it, would it be might crazy. Not, it, it might just come down to Kirk Cousins' situation where they don't want to pay him what maybe he's asking. That that's always a possibility because I mean, I, it could be like the Fitzpatrick thing with the Jets, where you know Fitz had that really good season, and then he's like, you know, I want three years, twenty five million dollars, uh-huh. and the Jets uh-huh. are like, yeah, we're not giving you twenty five million dollars. So we'll, we'll see what Keenum lands. I'm sure he wants to get. You know, a solid four to five year contract. Which oh like, yeah, definitely. I don't think it's gonna be Brock Osweiler money because I don't think that's ever happening again. No, no, but definitely with somebody unproven. He can live off of it the rest of his life. His family can live off of it and such. Okay, so um, since we're on the Vikings, let's talk about the NFC Championship game. By the time any of you hear this, because my little joke was that we've recorded three episodes. I'm recording another two on Friday. And so there could be as many as five episodes out before I start promoting the show. Are you because prepared, man? Prepared. I'm not prepared. I just want to be an asshole and start everybody with a backlog. But by the time you hear this, you we will probably know who is going, going to the Super Bowl. Thank you. Lost my words for a second. Sorry. Right. So, Vikings-Eagles, who do you like? Uh, it has to be the Vikings. I, I think just that they are a total package on offense and defense and... Number one defense in the NFL this yes, year, right? Yeah. And they're facing like the number four or five defense in the NFL. It's just, I, I, I don't see Nick Foles doing it. And I mean, because they held Drew Brees scoreless in the first half. And then, uh-huh. I mean, the Saints did come out and score on every drive afterwards in the second half, which is awesome within itself. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that, that defense is very stout. And then 
I, I just think after that, that the miraculous catch, uh, the Stefan Diggs. Yeah, we catch. didn't even talk about the catch. So the, the Minnesota Miracle, they, they called it. The uh, uh, Stefan Diggs catches a 61 yard pass, and the defender completely just goes underneath yep, and the tackle and leaves it wide open. I mean, at the, the time, I was thinking, why aren't you stepping out of bounds? And yeah. it's like. Oh wait! You have nobody in front of you. Exactly. You can just run for the touchdown. Why there wasn't somebody at the goal line just waiting? You know, it's you just, gotta stop that. Yeah, at, at the and the safety just oh. who was the safety on the play? I was some rookie for his Okay, the play that he made was yeah. just fucking terrible. And it sucks he made that play because he he had an interception in the game and then um, you know some other good tackles and stuff like that. He yeah. made good plays throughout the. He just one really bad play that unfortunately cost them the season. And yep, that will haunt him probably forever. I, I don't think as much like because I mean Aikman who was uh, I hate Troy Aikman even though Dallas was <laughs> you know he said that right when he's like oh you know that's gonna haunt his off season probably the rest of his career and, and then like he came out uh, the the guy that you know missed the tackle afterwards like look. I made a mistake. I'll learn from this. I'll never do it again. And if I do, then I don't deserve to play in the NFL. But he owned up to it pretty fast. And I like his attitude a bit more. Like, you, you can't let that hang over you for another, you know, if he's lucky to have a 10 to 15 playing year career, then you can't let that hang over your head. Yeah, yeah. But it's going to be a highlight that's oh, remembered yeah. forever in the NFL. Oh, very much so. And then if he ever, if the team he's on ever makes a Super Bowl again, they're going to play that. Like, hey, seven years ago, this guy did this. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Okay, so we both like the Vikings. Um, Jacksonville versus the Patriots. Yeah. Um. So, I do daily fantasy, the DraftKings. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I threw a bunch of lineups in over this past, uh, the divisional rounds. and Not, not many Jacksonville players, because I really didn't think Jacksonville was going to Mm-hmm. Show up very well. You know, I figured maybe 14, 21 points. Most of it garbage time after Pittsburgh had like a 20 point league lead. So, and then hearing, you know, I mean, the pass offensive line isn't that great. You know, and the Jacksonville doesn't necessarily need to blitz to get pressure mm-hmm. on Brady. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, a tough, I mean, when tough Brady game. loses games, it's usually because he gets popped in the yeah. mouth. And, and you know, they, they, they're called Saxonville for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they can hit Brady fast and early and just get him off balance and. You know, if you do what Kansas City did, did in week one and just take Gronkowski out of the game, either as a blocker or a pass catcher, uh-huh. there seems to be more success. So there, there is there is a way to beat the Patriots. It's been shown yeah. all the time. It's just I mean, to execute it to perfection because that's what they do is Brady might throw an interception, but if it's fourth and seven in the, in the fourth quarter, he's still going to be a perfect quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, is they, they don't make many mistakes. They don't make many mistakes, but if Brady has one Achilles heel... Teams that have Tom Coughlin involved. That is true. Tom Coughlin was the coach of the Giants for the two Super Bowls that the Giants won over the Patriots, and he is vice president of football operations currently for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, but Bortles is no Eli. Well, and, and, and Eli is Eli's Eli. Well, Bortles, if you haven't heard, is the LeBron James of the NFL. Go ahead. This pissed you off more than anything. Uh, he just he was responding. Uh, ESPN had asked him, you know, how do you feel about the criticism coming your way? And he's like, well, you know, if, if LeBron James gets criticized, I shouldn't mind getting criticized. And I, I, I get where he's coming out of that, but you you don't use LeBron's name. You, you don't that name does not come out of your mouth as a comparison whatsoever. Like 
If you want to throw like, oh, I know Geno Smith gets criticized. That's fine. You, yeah. You are a Geno Smith. You are Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Uh, uh, you were half a Tampa Bay's quarterbacks. I mean, shot at Tom. Yeah, Tampa Bay's <laughs> had some pretty bad quarterbacks over the years. You know, I mean, I I, I would honestly take Tyrod Taylor over Blake Worlds, and Taylor got booted in the first round and didn't even throw a touchdown. Um, or perform that good against Jackson. I don't know if I'd do that, but uh, I, I would only do it because he doesn't throw the interception. That's true. Maybe it doesn't throw as many touchdowns. But Bortles makes several mistakes. Okay. I, well, I, 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 as a hometown fan, though, I'm going to say the Jags beat the, beat, beat the Patriots. Okay, I would love to agree with you, but I am not a crazy person. I'm calling it now. Okay, Super Bowl. Who do you like? Just three seconds. Jaguars. You like the Jaguars to win the Super Bowl? Uh, okay. Oh, wins. Oh, sorry. The Vikings at home. Uh, Minnesota Miracle again. Yeah. Greatest thing ever. I mean, I, if I have to put money on something, which I don't put money on sports, because that seems like a really bad idea, Greg. It is a bad idea, Tom. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, I think the this is the Viking season. The Super Bowl this year is in Minnesota. Um, well, I, I think the way they can build it up, too, is like a really warm, heartfelt story going into it. Because that's the thing, we... we I mean, the sports is always the, the day of is cool, but there's always that narrative leading into every game, kind of the drama going into the game that at least I mean, I get excited about, and that's one of the reasons I love basketball more now is because there's that drama. But yeah, well, there's with, more personal stories. Yeah, but with football, you can build that nice, like, all oh, Minnesota well, at home. They you got two weeks to do it. Playoff run through because there's a week in between. Well, I'm talking um, after, assuming Minnesota oh, yeah. wins. You got. It would take them one day to do that. Like, There's such. He got so many big guys on Minnesota. They're undrafted. You, you, just, you show journeymen. Emotional, oh, uh, emotional like interviews from after the the New Orleans win. And, like, yeah, just love those guys. Yeah. It's, okay. It'd be hard not to root for them. So our heart is with Jacksonville. Yes. Our head is with the Vikings. Is our head with the Vikings or is the head with the Patriots? Oh, that's tough. I'm going to go with Vikings. Though. I would say Vikings. I think the Vikings can handle the Patriots. The Patriots did not have a good defense to start out this year. No, and their defensive coordinator is already rumored to be the next Lions head coach. Yeah, which I find absurd because New England's defense at the start of the season – What's putrid? It, it was, but they over the past is it six or seven years since he's been the defense, defensive coordinator. They've allowed the second least points in the NFL overall. Okay, okay. Yardage, they're like twenty first. Yeah. So the they'll let them run over them or pass over them, but when they, once they get to the red zone, it's just not happening. Okay. Well, so, I mean, I'm it, going to be loud that. wrong about this if it happens, but the Patriots have an okay defense. Yeah, it's okay. The Vikings have a great defense. And great defense wins championships time and time again. It does, but Tom Brady also wins championships. Tom Brady does win championships. Five times. Yeah. So. Well, we will see. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go on a quick break, and then we will be back to talk about our mystery show, which we didn't introduce in the beginning of the episode. That's my fault. Still learning. But you can read, I'm assuming, unless you're illiterate. I am. You're not a glitterant. Sorry, America. Okay, so so cosplay complex. Here we go.
we're back. Go Cowboys. Okay. So, I know, I know. Nobody gives a shit about sports except for Sean. So, I'm sorry about that. But, you know, NFL. Greg gives a shit about sports. I do, and I'm the guest, and I got to pick the motherfucking topic. Even though we decided on this topic. Motherfucking, I'm sorry. Weeks ago. It's okay. We have an explicit tag on this. If I figure out how to get this thing on iTunes. Oh, it's uh, awesome. All right, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cosplay Complex. Cosplay Complex. So I brought this home from Chamlin Bookmine one day because uh, I used to work at Alter Vigo Comics and a customer come in and just always weekly hand me like anime DVDs to watch for years. He would do this. And I remember the title, not much else about it. And, you know, I like comics, and so cosplay is always in the wheelhouse. So I got it for $6, and I was like, Tom, let's watch this. Okay, we watched the first episode. It took us a month and a half (laughs) (laughs) to watch the other two episodes. Okay, so let me do a brief introduction on Cosplay Complex. Cosplay Complex comes from the wheelhouse of ADV, which licensed every fucking thing in the 2000s. It is a three-episode OVA. That is just the worst. Running time, 90 minutes. Three episodes, 29 minutes an episode, so 90 minutes. That sounds about right. 87 minutes. Boy, Cosplay Complex. All right, so the fun part about Cosplay Complex is do you reckon... Great look from Greg right now. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a fun part of it. Oh, yeah. The fun part about Cosplay Complex is do you recognize this cosplay... From a show you haven't thought about in a decade. Maybe you don't recognize the cosplay at all. Granted, there are cosplays that are like, last episode, there was a Sailor Moon cosplay. Yeah. Very easy to pick out. There was a Kiki's... Uh... Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, Revolutionary Girl Utina. So there were cosplays that are very easy to tell. Oh yeah, very much so. Okay. There was also cosplays like Handmade Bay and... Sorcerer Hunters. All sorts of these things that nobody has thought about is remembered by nobody because those shows were fucking terrible. I mean, the first episode had one from a show called Papacon. It was like six to eight episodes. Really not even... I I did not recognize that. You've watched... I've watched some... You've watched some shitty anime. Not as much as me, but... The the guy that was passing these along had an affinity for... For boobies and anime, uh-huh, so most uh-huh. of the anime I understand. Me had you know situations like that. So yep. Yeah. So just so you know, we're going to be covering a lot of different types of bad. This is the. I mean, I wouldn't call it a harm show because there's no like real male protagonist in it. But this is supposed to be very cheesecakey. You've got the girl with the big boobs. You've got... It seemed more of like a show making fun of tropes than actually trying to be a show to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. This this show sucks and it's hard to talk about. Let me... Give me a second because we're going to talk a little bit about the shows that TMK has produced. TMK made Cosplay Complex. TMK has made some great things, like Handmade May, UFO Ultra Maiden Valkyrie. 
Kanazuki no Miko, which is also known as Destiny of the Shrine Maiden, which is up there as one of the worst shows I've ever seen. We will cover that show at some point. High School DxD. Seen that one. Yep. So, oh, just so many shitty shows. Oh, goodness. I don't know what they were going for. I mean, like, I, I had watched it in between you and I watching it just one night. I was like, you know, really bored and stupid for some reason. You go and just watch this. Yeah. And I, story-wise, you know, I mean, there was like little love parts, but I, I don't know where they were going with the three OVAs. There didn't really seem like a clear-cut path other than the whole goal is to make it to the uh, cosplay World Series, which... Which isn't a real thing yeah, as far as I know. They, they never actually went to it. Uh, they were still building up to that, but uh, and they introduced a bunch of characters that really, other than tropes, really never had identities either. Like every character was like just this anime type of character that you'd see in another anime that they were making fun of, but you never really had like true identity come out in these characters. Yeah, they yeah. Never really clicked with anybody to get pulled in the show even further. I mean, the entire show is just sort of mishmash of various tropes. So let's go into it a little bit. The main character is named Chaco. Chaco. Chaco is a pink-haired girl who is a sophomore at her high school. She cosplays for the fun of it, and is part of the cosplay. I suppose the cosplay club at her school, who's aiming to become the head best cosplayer. Whatever. The the best cosplay club in, in all of these schools, but they still need one more member and a teacher sponsor yes. in the first episode. Okay, so let's get into the mishmash of this show, because there is a fairy in this show. Uh, yes, Domo. Okay, and the fairy's ability is to make costumes for Chaco. Everybody's pretty okay with there just randomly being a fairy here that... Yeah. Like we, we, we see one more at the very end of the third episode. Also. Yes, it's very important it's to establish cosplay. that there's a rival <laughs> yes. cosplay contest. It's a bad show. Yeah, so we got uh, Delmo the Fairy and then the Owl, which is uh, Ikabu Koro. Okay, sure. Sure. It's a, it, it came with Delmo from some fairy world. Yep. It's... It doesn't make any sense. It introduces these characters in a flashback. They just sort of appear randomly. That's the other thing about this. This doesn't have a manga as far as I can tell. So it's just like an original video animation that has nothing beyond it. They came out with three five-minute episodes two years later that were not included on the DVD. But this is just... A is, baffling is it, show. Is it sad that I'm going to seek those out once we're done recording and watching them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta know. I gotta know. It'll be some stupid bullshit. Like, imagine a show trying to cash in on the whole idea of cosplay. Which sounds fun. I mean, I, yeah, you know, I, I guess. I would there, there would be a cool anime about cosplay. Because, I mean, a lot of people like cosplay. And cosplay is starting to kind of regain some steam uh, as the convention scene grows again uh, throughout the you know, country. I mean, it's it's boomed at this point. But, you know, I mean, the past couple of years at Megacon, I've noticed more cosplays going on. And then 
you know, last year for the first time, which I think they should have done years ago, is they finally had signs up that say, like, cosplay is not consent and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. We could get into yeah. the whole... Neither of us are cosplayers. No. We both know some cosplayers. But, I mean, I, I enjoy seeing people cosplay, you know, and then just use their imagination to dress up as variations of characters. I mean, they, like, seeing, like, the Mario Deadpools is just always kind of fun to see. Like, after 20 of them, you're like, fucking Mario Deadpool, but... No, I, I, do, I do, do enjoy cosplay. Yeah, so I, yeah. I would hope there would be a good anime about cosplay. Yeah, and unfortunately this isn't that good. At... No. So, anywho, the first episode, a transfer student comes in named Jenny Mattel. She is from Italy, even though she looks very American in the American stereotype. Blonde hair, blue eye, big boobs. Sounds American. Sounds American. Sounds like she's from Texas, kind of. Well, that's because we watched it dubbed. <laughs> it's an ADV dub. Everybody in ADV it's dubs from is from Texas. Hey, everybody from anime dubbing is in Texas. Because like, even Funimation. Funimation's there. Yeah. ADV was there. There are a couple of studios outside of Texas, but uh, a good portion of the anime dubbed in the 2000s was based in Texas. Now, Jenny has this thing for this little girl called Tina, oh, which is God. described in Wikipedia as a Lolita complex. It is. Okay, so anime sometimes does this, and it's really gross when it does this, but they give a female character, either a Shota, which is for young boys, or a Lolita, which is for young girls, complex where she's constantly trying to molest a child yeah and you know it's all played for laughs and haha how funny and it's just gross i wasn't expecting it from the show i was expecting a cheesecakey show because it's almost all girl cosplay group changing outfits and there are plenty of scenes where they're in their bra and panties well you see uh Chaco topless ones, but they didn't give her nipples or anything. Yeah, this is not very explicit with the yeah, nudity, yeah. as opposed to some of the things that it you wasn't see like later. Was zooming on her breasts, it was just her changing. Yeah, yeah. Bad in that way. It's fan servicey, but it's not like it doesn't linger that much on the nudity. No. I mean, if you really wanted to not show fan service there, you could by you know. Not peeking in on the changing room. Uh, this... All right, back to the Lolita. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> back to the fucking Lolita girl. Yeah, so she, first episode, dresses up as like a concrete wall, and all these little kids are walking home from school, and she makes the funny face and starts following them, and gropes Athena, which uh, Maria, who's Athena's older sister, sticks up for her. Yeah, for some reason, there's also, like, a 10-year-old in this cosplay complex, er, cosplay complex, listen to me, in this cosplay club. Well, she's not part of the club. It's her older sister that's part of the club. Okay, but she's she's still hanging out at this high school for whatever reason. Yeah, they say, like, the first episode, like, sorry, you're too young to be part of the club. That's why I'm going to find another member. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. All right. And I try to convince you that the second episode. The second episode just starts out and is basically like, "I want to fuck a child." Oh God damn it! Uh, yeah. So we we but uh, in the first episode we also get Guru. He's the bald guy. Really, the only I think it's Guru. He's the one guy who's there. Which is really creepy too. He he has that scene with Reka. Okay. Where he's trying to seduce her. You know, and he's like basically narrating 
it's about to happen. Yeah. He has a really rapey vibe about yeah, him. Yeah, he does that throughout the whole three-episode uh, thing. And it's supposed to be played for laughs, but, you know, it's just gross. This, sh- this entire show is gross, and not in the ways you were expecting it to be gross. Yeah. All right, so second episode, cosplay training camp. Uh, and then pop-up tea shop at the beach. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, and then they go to, like, a temple. I mean, all this sounds cool. It just isn't cool. No, there's <laughs> like, nothing good in this show. Like, if you told me there was an, an anime where they were, like, cosplaying and they do, like, a pop-up tea shop for the summer to, like, set up a little cosplay fun time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They train at some old temple and then they go to this big dove festival at the end that represents love. Yeah. Like, all that sounds pretty cool, but then you watch it and it's just executed so, so bad. Uh, you got a monk in there, there's just a real big pervert that... Yeah, there's a perverted monk. There, there's tons of hitting on top of the head with the, these big frying pans and then the rest... They of, are pans of water, actually. Of water. So the rest of the series, or the rest of that episode, he has that pan of water on his head the whole time. Yeah. They try to make fun of that. Um, and then Jenny gets raped by Chaco's mom or aunt. Uh, yeah, so there's a mom in this show. Uh, let me see if I can find her name. Nope, can't find it. It's not on Wikipedia. All right, whatever. We'll call her the widow. Yes, she's dressed in traditional Japanese, like, morning garb. Uh, yeah, the kimono at first. Like, uh, Chaco walks up, Chaco walks up, and she's like, why are you dressed in your kimono morning still when she changes into this, like... Very Western-style attire that you would be appropriate at a funeral. She has a veil yeah. on. Yeah. It's not a good joke. There are no good jokes in the show, but it's one of the better jokes for this show. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so there's uh, some, un- there's yeah. some weird touching with Jenny in the second episode. Okay, yeah, yeah. so Jenny, the child molester, gets molested. It's <laughs> funny how that happens. Yeah. And there's a good joke about that, I suppose. It's just, Not really. <laughs> no. So we're introduced... Okay, we need to get through this faster yeah, because yeah. we're spending way too much so they, time talking yeah, about this. go to the, the tea shop. A guy shows up. Kazuke, who shows up in the first episode, is a photographer. Uh, comes the second and, you know, uh, invites Chaco to the swan ceremony at the yeah it's the old um japanese legend i'm not familiar what its name is but about the man who saves the swan and the swan um, is so grateful that he says that the swan comes back as man's wife he walks in on the swan sewing and the swan turns back into a swan and flies away whatever oh he tried to kill the swan after he found out it was a swan or something it was weird yeah. I don't remember the legend. I mean, this is well, why we need somebody as, like yeah, Dawn on yeah. this show. So then, you know, Jenny, the rest of that episode, sits in a swan suit underneath a, a waterfall trying to get her uh, spirit back because she's so drained from getting molested by... Yeah, okay. The All right, let's just go on to yeah. the third episode. <laughs> the third there's... Episode. Uh, it's just bad. Uh, there's... This really, is this the is... rival high school shows up. Well, yeah, she, Chaco meets this uh, girl in the streets, and it's raining, so they both go back to Chaco's place and warm up together, and then they find uh, this girl finds out that they like cosplaying, so... Uh-huh. And you find out this girl's part of a rival high school. Along <laughs> yes. So this girl is named uh, Sukasa. Sukasa wants to cosplay and is infatuated with cosplay, but never actually cosplays because she's too embarrassed to see 
Yeah. Be seen cosplaying? Yeah. Okay, so the villain of the show shows up. I guess it's a villain of the show. So Ranko is her name. She is an ultimate cosplayer. She can do whatever the fuck she wants because she turns yeah. into Sergeant Frog at one point. Yeah, it's small. She can yeah, she can grow to one foot. Yeah. She can manipulate other people's bodies to be giant like, oh. Athena, she made taller. Yeah, she made Athena into like a 14-year-old girl when she's <laughs> usually just an 8-year-old girl. Jenny was so sad. She's like, no. Yep. Yeah. That's how it is. They they leave a certain age, and you know, you just can't go to Subway anymore. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So they have, they 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 have this contest. And it ends up being a tie because, of course, it they have two cosplay contests, both of which end in ties. Well, because the, the first one in the the first episode was just a scheme to make money for the cosplay club. So they invited all these guys from the school to come watch the contest. And... Okay. Well. The prize for the third episode's cosplay was the main character, Guy Kosuke. Was that it? Yeah, Okay, whatever. It's not important. For his love. Yes, but it's also a tie. He wears this jacket that has a belt and belt loops around the fucking neck, and he wears this brown leather belt unbuckled around his neck. It's the weirdest fucking jacket ever. I mean... He's kind of like the, the pants guy from um, the good anime, uh, My Hero Academia. <laughs> oh, okay. He's like Best Genus. Best Genus. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could see that. Jeans run abundant. Yeah. My Hero Academia is a great show. I love that show. Back to Cosplay Complex, this wretched den of filth, this bubbling pile of shit that is this fucking show. God damn it. Why did we watch this? Because you like watching bad anime. Well, you're the one who bought it. Yeah, but we watched the first episode, and then you're like, we should podcast about this. It's so bad. Yeah, and then it was like, okay, I have a podcast that I want to do it for. And then you watched it again. I was ready to take it back to channel. You've watched it like three times at this point. I've I've watched it twice, plus the first episode a third time. Okay, but yeah. didn't you watch it before? Years and years and years ago. Okay, but you thought it was good enough to buy years and years and years ago. That would... Uh, no! I didn't remember that. This show was bad. This show was always bad. This is a bad show, Greg. You have bad taste in anime sometimes. I mean, you have better taste now because you can recognize that it's a bad show. But this was a bad show. I don't think it's even the worst one that I've watched. Oh, God, no. This is... This is not even close to the worst thing. I have, I mean, have you ever seen Hellraiser? The movie? Yeah, the yeah. movie Hellraiser. Okay. So, Pinhead, the main uh, Cenobite. Well, they've done a bunch of new Hellraisers. All of them are terrible. The main Cenobite in Hellraiser, Pinhead, guy with the bunch yeah. of spikes in his head, hands out the uh, puzzle box and he says, I have such sights to show you. That's a threat, Greg. Okay. You're going to see some bafflingly awful shit. <laughs> oh, boy. But Cosplay Complex, it's it's not fun. It's not even fun in a bad way. If you're one of those people who's like, ah, oh, I love seeing bad things. This isn't bow. This isn't violence, Jack. There's nothing to be gained from watching this. You will not enjoy it. It's generic as fuck. Yeah. 
I, I would say that would, you know, I, I like to find the positive in everything. I like you, Tom. Is I think this is positively shitty. There, there were some like scenes where uh, Chaco, Chaco, you know, went to go help some other cosplayers, whether it be Jenny or the, the rival at the end, or um, the the shy girl is. Yeah. There, there was this like, hey, let's be friends, let's cosplay together. This. You know, so they, they did try to at least get that across. Like this is a community. At least I felt that way with some of the stuff going on. You there know were what? That some is some minor positive things in there for all the shit that there was. That is one thing that I think the show captured, which cosplay is a very friendly most of the time yeah. because there is some shitty cosplay stuff that well, happens you, you out there. You had the rivalry, and then I mean, even at the end with with that rival girl kind of going to the shy girl and like, hey, you do the. Uh, the tiebreaker, giving her the opportunity to, and saying, like, look, I'm going to be gone soon. So it seemed like it. she even thawed by the end of that episode. Yeah. She was, you know, with, with uh, Chaco being so nice throughout it. Because even when she was looting, she was like, oh, you know, nice costume. So, I mean, Chaco was always that positive character. Yes, Chaco loves cosplay. But you still, should still not watch this show. I mean... We watched it for you. Talk to an actual cosplayer before watching this show, because cosplayers are... From my experience, are generally friendly people. They are oh, yeah. very approachable as long as you aren't like a perverted dick to them. Yeah, be respectful. Don't stare at the tits or the butt, or you know, if it's a guy, don't stare at crotch. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And just yeah, always be respectful. Yeah. So let's end on that note. Okay. So social media. I'm working on social media right now. The Twitter is Shonen Dump. Pod. The website is non-existent. The Facebook group is Shonen Dump. Uh, it's not always going to be Greg and me. We have some episodes with a couple of your favorites from GME, a couple other people who have come on through the years. We're going to be inviting all sorts of different podcasters in to record with us. We'll be doing some guest spots. Greg, do you want to promote your podcast? I do. Uh, check it out. It's the Comic Dojo Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play. Um, and then if you find us on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash dojopod. There, there's also a link to the, uh, the website that uh, we're on. And we're ending up Season 2 now. We just put out Legion of Superheroes Part 2, which was recorded some time ago. Uh, it just is uh, delayed. And then uh, there's a nice conversation with uh, the owner of Alter Ego Comics and myself coming out. And we'll start Season 3 off in the month of February mm -hmm. with uh, just a massive, massive reading recommendation. Um, and I don't, you know, because I, I mean, I have close to like 300 trades I haven't read and a, a couple short boxes of comics. Oh, yeah, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I, I used my downtime as a deep dive to be able to read more, and the, the fruits of that will be. Uh, the first episode of season three, but we are going to get into teams later in the year. Tom will be on um, scheduling some teams with everybody right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And we're recording an episode this weekend about uh, the Scott a. Young book, I Hate Fairyland. We which are. Is, That's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. So fun that, book if which, you haven't that seen it. That be episode two or uh, tag on for episode one, depending on how. Yeah, so if you You need... and I are going to be doing Lord Slug pretty soon. Okay, also. so let's break down the episodes now. that... Hopefully all of these will be up if you hear this. Definitely looking forward to Okay, so the definites right now is episode two. This is a conversation between me and Ruth, who's been on a couple of Greatest Movie Ever podcasts. Oh, that should be fun to do. Well, it was fun to do. 
I'm playing this as if we haven't done You this. just said, I just said that we've recorded some stuff already. Yeah, but that's why I said I'm going to have fun recording Word Slum with you. Oh, well, <laughs> we, we did already. have fun. I know, I know. We did have fun. I'm sorry. But we have an episode with Ruth about another shitty show, Senran Kagra. Senran Kagra. We had a big group for a Lord Slug recording, uh, the Dragon Ball Z movie. You know, four people's a big group. Dogs were much better behaved during this episode than they were on the Lord Slug episode. They were, they were. But it was fun we got to record with Patrick and, and Battle Hork. Yep, good old James. I am recording in the future with Ollie Bulmer, who's a good guy. Been on a, knows more about cold film than anybody. Uh, we're recording an episode called 80 Police. Ollie! And after that, we have another recording Friday on Something Sacred. Oh, I don't know about it yet? You don't know about it. Okay. I may have told you already. So but Police, we're going to keep... This is the one that's spun out of Bubblegum Crisis? Yes, AD Police is spun out of Bubblegum Crisis. Yes, I think it's a solid show. Ollie thinks it's a solid show. Some people think it's a bad show for some reason. All right, but that's just a little preview of what's going on. Uh, this will be a monthly podcast, despite the god of episodes right at the start. So look forward to it every month. Going to have some familiar faces, some new faces, all sorts of fun stuff. Greg, thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Tom. Okay. And go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. <laughs>